This is episode number 110 with Jonathan Wright. Welcome to Transform Talks, the only podcast that cuts straight through the hype and noise on supply chain transformation. I'm Maria Villablanca, the CEO and co-founder of the Future Insights Network. Join me as I uncover the stories and delve deeper into the topics that really matter to you. COVID has been a tremendous force for change all over the world. And despite all of the negatives, it has also created opportunities. The pandemic has given supply chain professionals a new sense of urgency to redesign more efficient, reliable, and customer-centric supply chains. And with supply chain status being elevated and brought to the forefront of all business decisions, supply chain leaders are now in the driver's seat and empowered to steer their organization's direction more than ever before. In this special episode, Jonathan Wright, Managing Partner of Finance and Supply Chain Transformation at IBM, joins me to reflect on how the supply chain industry has changed over the past few decades and where it's headed. We're going to be covering forecast innovation, leveraging supply chain's newfound seat at the decision maker's table for continued innovation, the intersection of technology, people and customers, talent attraction and retention, and why sustainability is a key characteristic of robust supply chains. This conversation will cover the full spectrum of opportunities and challenges facing supply chains today. Jonathan specializes in helping organizations achieve high performance through convergent technology, operating models, and business transformation. He's an advisor and thought leader in large-scale systems integration programs, specializing in the intersection of technology and business. Now, I'm really looking forward to this discussion, so let's get started. Jonathan, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Maria. It's uh, it's wonderful to be here and uh, really looking forward to the topic uh, um, as you know, I'm a bit of a supply chain geek, so uh, this is uh, this is spot on, and I'm really looking forward to the session. I do I do love supply chain geeks because I'm a bit of a supply chain geek myself. You know, I mean, before it was cool, right? Before now, everyone talks about supply chain. But anyway, let's let's get into perhaps maybe you telling us and our audience a little bit about yourself. That's great. Um, thanks. And I, I mean, look, I started out in supply chain a long time ago. Um, in the uh, early 90s, I guess, where you know, if you were in supply chain, you sort of had to have a hard hat um, and, and uh, steel toe cap boots. And um, certainly me and my pink shirt in the time, it was like, has um, this guy really got the right to talk about supply chain? Um, but, but wow, has, that, has supply chain evolved? And now, obviously, it's a household topic uh, for most people. And I've been working supply chain all the way through that period. I work at the sort of intersection of technology and business transformations, a big SAP Oracle implementations, big global transformations. Um, and I've worked in the UK. I spent a long, lot of time around Europe uh, based in the UK in my sort of 30s. I spent my 40s in Asia based in Singapore, working across Korea and China and ASEAN and down to Australia and New Zealand. And now I'm based in New York and um, and I uh, love it over there. Um, so London to Singapore, Singapore to New York and all the time focused on supply chain, supply chain transformation. And um, and, you know, the topics that you've uh, that you've asked us to talk about, uh, I'm, I'm really you know, passionate about. So I'm really looking forward to getting into it. Well, let's just jump into the geeky side of supply chain, which is, again, I, you know, you can say geek, I say cool because, <laughs> you know, I think this is cool stuff. But um, I think what I want to talk to you about is, you know, we, we talk about all the horrible things that's come, that have come out of COVID, you know, all the, all, all the negatives, mm-hmm. but can we focus on the positives for a second? The opportunities perhaps to emerge from COVID with maybe more robust business models, yeah. more sustainable business models. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and what your thoughts are on yeah. that? 
No, for sure. And we have to focus on the positives because otherwise we end up uh, going down the depression uh, zone. And and I do think there are an incredible amount of positives. I mean, first of all, anyone in supply chain has worked incredibly hard over the last um, year and a half just to for keep sure. the world moving, to keep the world healthy and to keep the world, you know, fed. Um, and, 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 you know, my, my hat goes off um, to everybody that has just, you know, been relentlessly um, battling through. But um, it's kind of we've had to work really hard over that 18 months to to handle the volatility and the uncertainty um, and the tenacity of people doing that has been you know, uh, incredible. But but now, you know, what we're finding is is the opportunity to challenge some of the orthodoxies of the past, you know, challenge some of the reasons why it was really difficult to respond to the frankly, the first supply and demand shock that has ever ex- well. That, that's in, in modern time. The last time we had such a significant supply and demand shock would have been back to the World War mm. World War Two period, um, and through that period is generally since then has been a very stable environment. Last yeah. year, last quarter, last month was a real indicator of next quarter, next month, next year. And so planning, fulfillment, relationships with suppliers have been very stable. Um, and now, you know, in this period of volatility, we've got to challenge those orthodoxies. We've got to think very differently. And clients are doing that. My clients are doing that. Seventy odd percent of the clients that I um, interviewed recently said they would be implementing AI and automation to change the way they do demand forecasting and demand sensing. Um, as you look through the pandemic period, a lot of clients actually uh, were profitable. Right. Yeah. They, they, you know, they changed their business model very quickly. They moved to buy online, pick up a store, um, you know, curbside pickup. Um, and um, and and in doing that, they also reduced their SKU base. Right. Yeah. So, you know, one of the big problems we always talked about was the fact that people had these incredible tales of SKUs. And, and what, you know, many clients did was they cut that very quickly and then they were able to drive profitability because those hidden costs were, were eliminated. So I, I think there are a number of things there around, you know, focusing on segmentation and skew rationalization, the use of AI and automation to, to really think about new ways of working, remote working you know, oh, yeah. and, and being very comfortable with, um, with, with different ways of collaborating. So lots of, lots of positives, I think, that will, will put us in a, in a strong position moving forward. I, I hate cliches, but it is really a paradigm shift, isn't shift, isn't it? Completely. I mean, working from home, uh, bring adapting so quickly. Some of these companies, you're absolutely right to point out yeah. and pat on the back the supply chain profession, how it's yeah. risen. You know, professionals have risen to the occasion yeah. here. Uh, yeah. What challenges do you see for the world ahead, and in, in, at least in the next twelve months? Well, you know, one of the one of the challenges is is not to slip back into the old ways of working. Yeah. And that that actually is what worries me the most, <laughs> to be honest, yeah. is is that we miss this moment. We have we supply chain executives have a seat at the table, period. Mm. Executives, boards, um, customers, employees realize how important supply chain is. So we have a seat at the board. We're part of the decision making uh, process. We're part of the budgets moving forward. The risk is that we sustain succumb to some of that greed or laziness and just slip back to oh let's extend the skew base oh let's Mm. just assume that 
what actually happened pre-pandemic will happen post-pandemic. And, um, and, and we missed that opportunity to probably accelerate transformation by about 10 years. I, I think yeah. that if we, were, if we carry on on the momentum that we've got at the moment, we can bring the future forward by about 10 years and, and really have a better employee experience and a better customer experience. And for me, the employee experience is right at the heart of this. Mm. As I said right at the start, people have worked so hard and we've got to get rid, rid of some of the dull, mundane tasks that people do in supply chain, get, get rid of those and allow them to focus on the much more strategic value-add tasks and, and make this a cool place to work. You know, well, li- liberate should them. be the cool. Uh, liberate, exactly. Liberate them to be innovative. Liberate yeah. them to really, like you say, bring the future forward 10 years. Yeah. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think it does worry me too that people, can, we're going to squander this opportunity and we're going to go yeah. back into the default position or the orthodoxies, as you say, yeah. cost and efficiency, cost and efficiency, yeah. uh, and not really look at the opportunities yeah. to, um, to implement all of these what we've learned, what we've learned. Can, can I veer the conversation briefly to sustainability? Yeah. Because, you know, everybody's been so busy firefighting and crisis managing. There's an argument to be said that, you know, maybe sustainability has taken a bit of a back seat as a business mm. strategy um, mm. it, because of everybody's been so busy either, you know, uh, accelerating digital transformation for the reasons that you've, you've talked about. Let, can we talk about the practicalities or the, of the business strategy of sustainability? Yeah. You know, the importance of that. Look, I, I, I think that there's something happening in the market actually around sustainability. And when I talk sustainability, I'm talking, you know, SDG 1 to 17, right? ESGs, you know, the, the, full, the, full, um, the full breadth of sustainability. And, and I think there are a number of things happening. One is employees are expecting more yeah. of organizations um, and and customers I think are expecting more people have talked about it but I think really now they do expect more and, and I think shareholders are worried about the existential threats of sustainability um, and and so you've got this very different kind of pressure point where COVID has really threatened so much of the world as, as we know it or as we knew it. And so both, I think that has really kind of got people thinking that actually sustainability could be the next, you know, very significant thing to, to, to have, you know, significant impact on the way we, we live and work. Um, and so I do think employees, customers, and shareholders are all going to be very much focused um, on sustainability. And, and if you start with the shareholders, you know, the more that they start, investing in companies that can prove that they are sustainable, that they have got the right metrics, whether it's on diversity, on gender, on, on circularity, on inclusion, transparency, carbon, water, you know, really being able, yes, to, to, to be able to articulate how they're making progress and supply chain and sustainability are inextricably linked, right? It isn't, it isn't one option or the other. If you are managing a solid supply chain and a supply chain that is going to be there for the future, you have to address the way you collaborate with the supply base, the way you give back, the way you continually improve. More than half of the costs sit in someone else's supply chain. So you've got to be thinking about someone else's supply chain as well as your own to have longevity. Um, 
So I, I think there's a huge opportunity here, and I think there's definitely momentum. Well, they're also inextricably linked, right? I mean, it's good business practice. Uh, I read somewhere some survey by, I think it was Bain & Co., mm. that found that 60% of the executives that they surveyed had no visibility in terms into, into, um, uh, into their supply chains beyond their first-tier suppliers. Mm. I mean, forgetting about doing it for sustainability reasons, that's bad business, you know, bad business practices, yeah. really. Yeah, and um, whether it's 60%, I've heard, you know, and, and seen numbers much higher than that, yeah. um, particularly when Wuhan went into lockdown January the 23rd, 2020, you know, of the Fortune 100, you know, that 90% actually had issues. They There were supplies there they did not know it, that they were yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, linked and restricting their supply chain so that is that is a huge challenge and so increasingly we're seeing a big demand for getting better visibility end-to-end beyond tier one into tier two into tier three being able to really understand the breadth of the supply chain and the different ecosystems that exist so and technology is an enabler for that right there's some really cool tech out there some really great um, I mean we partner with um, with Resilink um, in really as a great, you know, emerging um, soft SaaS-based um, soft software to allow you to get that visibility and the network of networks um, and then use AI to really understand any vulnerabilities of that ex- extended um, supply base. So, um, yeah, lots well, of so, so I was just going to ask you what cool technologies are out there to help uh, drive this home and and i think if i can ask you a second question follow up there um how realistic is it you know if you're a supply chain leader right now Mm. how realistic is this to implement it into your organization now to drive value now yes well look you know i i think there are ways now that with with the apis that can exist that you can actually work with these SaaS based um products cloud-based products um and you can actually get significant improvement um, relatively quickly without you know significant disruption from a, a technology perspective um, so I, I think if you look at products some of these cloud-based products software-based um, products that can actually just link into your system all you really need is your supply base or your purchase order data or, or you know with that you can suddenly get very significant visibility. Um, we're doing a lot of analysis of um, of social media, of um, of um, data from unstructured forms from all different areas, and being able to analyze that to get insights into what's actually happening in the supply in the supply base and the supplier supplier. Um, so I, I do think this is not like the old days where you have to go and re you know reprogram, drive mm. new reports into your ERP. This is about attach, right? And bring in um, um, microservices that can really drive value in specific areas that you have vulnerability. I, you know, I, I, I'm going to hone in on something that you said that this is not like old times. I feel like, I feel like um, the pace of change is so significant. Then mm. add to that disruption and uh, the era that we're living in right now, because I don't think we're going back to you know that that stable period. It's it's an era of disruption. Um, the pace of change, the era of disruption. What about you know 
the impact of social media on uh, on consumer behavior, on shareholder value, on employee engagement, all of those things co- yeah. together are pretty much creating a very different world, aren't they? No, for sure. Um, you know, data data is is right at the heart of everything yeah. from the consumer all the way through to the supplier. Um, I I think of it as. Um, I originally came from Esso. My first job was with Esso. I worked on a refinery um, on the south coast of, of England and, and then worked you know, uh, in, uh, in the head office. And, and oil at the time was everything right? um, in the, in the um, early 90s. And for me, data is like oil, right? In mm. that it's incredibly valuable. When you refine it, it becomes even more valuable. Yeah. Um, and when you when you refine it and you use certain aspects of it in, in specific areas, you can get incredible value and you can get incredible momentum. But if it's dirty, you've got a huge problem. Right. Yeah. And I like and, the analogy. The and if you get dirty, um, dirty data, it can drive you down you know, the wrong the wrong route. So you know, what we're now looking at is how to really bring data from huge data sources. But but be very specific about what we want, right? So for example, when we went into lockdown um, in, and when we had the demand shocks of March, 2020, when we all stayed at home and suddenly, you know, we weren't buying single Oreos on the way to the subway, we were buying family packs to gorge on at home, right? This was a huge demand, demand signal change. Um, we started using AI and data like people movement, um, like um, lockdown rules, schools open, malls open, et cetera, using that data and the and, and algorithms to really understand what would be happening at a SKU level, at a product level, at a zip code. So that sort of real data-driven analysis um, is, you know, fundamentally changes the way we do demand sensing. Um, and the yeah. same applies on the supply side. So this data-driven analysis is really, really important. We come back to what I said earlier, why do we do that? To make the employee experience better so that yeah. we're not, and to drive velocity so that people can make decisions and, and we can get to actions much quicker. How has the employee experience in supply chain changed in your view, in your lifetime, and your experience during, throughout supply chain? I mean, huge. Um, it, it's, I, I guess a little bit like another analogy might be going to the doctors, right? You, it used to be, you, when you go to the doctors, the doctor is the doctor's king, right? The doctor knows everything and everyone around it, you know, you've got to listen to the doctor. Now, when you go to the doctor, first of all, you probably, um, you may be meeting them virtually. Secondly, you've probably got as much information as they have because you've Googled everything. You've got, you know, been through all of all the charts um, and, and you probably consulted a number of different sources. And I think the same is in supply chain. We used to just respond to what, Trading said, trading, trading, or you know, kind of key key parts of the business would say, you just got to move box from A to B. Now, actually, we are we've got information, we've got data, we're actually got a seat at the table. We're now an equal, you know, with other parts of the business. And so, this 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 importance of supply chain to be a significant strategic lever, I think, mm. is is a real shift. Um, from when I started out, you know, it was warehouse and logistics. Yeah. And that was pretty four walls. And now it's ecosystems and it's end to end and it's strategic and it's impacting 
sustainability and it's a talent magnet right people want or i want it to be a talent i want people to go and work for my clients because it's a cool place to work because you do incredible things with supply chain because you have a virtual assistant that you can talk to in natural language because you're not just grinding spreadsheets because you've got exception-based management and you're getting alerts where the where there's a weather pattern that's hitting one of your suppliers so now we get into an environment where we've got uh, data informing us about risks data informing us about our our, our customers um, and we've got virtual assistants helping us make you know the mundane actually easy um, and being able to focus on the value add and so from a profession, I think it's a really, really exciting place to work. And I think the future is going to get even more interesting as we get more and more sustainability and, you know, kind of continuous improvement wrapped into, into that uh, part of the, the work. And I think perhaps one of the skills that's not talked about enough is the um, being collaborative uh, mm. within supply chain. That's something that's changed yeah. a lot too, if you think about it. I mean, before we were all very much in silos and oh, yeah. we certainly didn't share information. That's Those walls have gotten to be knocked down. A- a- absolutely. Um, you know, we, when, I, when I first started working you know, and, and I'd be sitting in a meeting and somebody would have a really nice presentation and got some quite good insights. And I'd sort of you know, nervously go up and say, could, could you send me that presentation? I, I think it's quite interesting. And they'd sort of scowl at you, you know, that's my hard why? work. Why, why would I ever give you my, my hard work, right? It's like, well, we're in this together. But, but that was the mindset um, yeah. in, the, in the early 90s. Now we're, we are, we're, we're collaborating. It's open source. You're kind of just within the four walls. It's open source. As you start to kind of look broader, it's open source. IBM is now an open source company, period. We believe... Absolutely. We, you know, and that's a huge shift from an IBM perspective. It's a huge yeah. shift from a supply chain perspective, open source, collaborating, cooperating with our, with our competitors, co- cooperating with, you know, uh, with our ecosystem, the ISVs, with the hyperscalers. You know, I think it's, it's a very, very different environment. And it's an environment now where knowledge, um, EQ, you know, mm-hmm. innovation, um, and the pace of change that you talked about earlier, that's that's what really drives us. Who can actually create the platforms that are really going to elevate organizations to a new level? And the supply chain professional is almost like a conductor of a great big orchestra with yeah, so many it. different things happening and so many different you know elements being played uh, to, to create the symphony, right? That that yeah. leads to the, you I, know. The- I love that analogy. I, and I've never had, I mean, I've never had a dull day in supply chain. Every project every client every year i'm learning something new um and and i'm sure that will continue because that pace of change and because you do you're touching so much um whether it's you know the the customer service whether it's customers whether it's suppliers whether it's global trade you know and you gotta make it all work and you've got to make it all work you've got to make it all work and and i think it attracts it's going to be attracting diverse talent which is another thing that you're very passionate about diversity as well. We talked about the employee, but let's, you know, let's talk about the diversity being brought into the supply chain. The diversity is everything. Um, and, and it's so important to supply chain. Um, as we're changing so much, we have to have diverse thinking. We have to get mm. rid of the blind spots. You know, if we, if, if we just work with people who are like-minded, um, Yes, it will be, be easy, right? Because 
you know, Jonathan said this, I think it's great. Okay, we're going to go down that route. It's like, but what about all the things I don't know about? What about all my blind spots? What yeah. about all those blind spots that, that exist? Um, what about the biases that, that we all have anyway? Absolutely, you know, all that absolutely. stuff. Uh, exactly. So I, I'm absolutely, you know, a big um, supporter of um, gender, gender-based um, diversity, of course. Um, you know, I think there's a lot more we need to do. Um, uh, but but we're making progress. Uh, but I do think we've got a lot more to do um, in terms of just bringing more females into into our workforce. Um, you know, lots of stories I can go into around that, but it makes a difference. Um, it really does make a difference um, in terms of the way of thinking and the way to pro- approach problems. And well, you know, just the- it, it, and. And you know what, now with one of the things that you said at the beginning about remote working yeah. and there's so many different ways, we're becoming more flexible, maybe yeah. more agile as yeah. businesses, which will probably attract right. more better talent, talent anyway. Uh, absolutely. So, you know, gone are the days where, you know, one has to be, you know, flexible, you know, five days a week, jump on a plane and go everywhere and go anywhere, go everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've recruited a number of people recently who have joined because I've guaranteed them that they're not going to be you yeah. know, on a plane the whole time and they've got dependents um you know male and female right they, they're looking after dependents whether those are children or elderly and, and and now i can attract that talent back into consulting and i'm sure the same will happen in in other industries you know, remote working increases the opportunity to bring in that diverse talent um and also um from a um, from from a global perspective, you know, you know where where people are based, no longer matters, right? Um, and so so I do I do think that that is a, is a huge help. I'm also a big believer in um, new collar workforce, and you know how do we bring in the U.S. How do we get more of our black community into supply mm-hmm. chain um, um, uh, around you know where, or URM generally and mm-hmm. um, underrepresented minorities? How do we make sure that that talent can find its way into supply chain. Um, it doesn't. Ha- you don't have to go through a traditional consulting route to find your way into, into, into our business. And um, you know, I'm working with P-Tech Colleges um, in in the U.S., which is um, which is a you know fabulous initiative. You know to bring um, bring new talent through, um, drive them through apprentice programs, and um, there I can go apprentice through the partner will be it will be a very happy day for me so because one thing one thing is uh, getting people in through the door the other one's keeping them motivated and that goes back to the yeah. conversation you were having about a better employee experience yeah. you know i listening to you talk and i've you know i keep thinking about all the exciting things that are happening in supply chain um do you think that we need to do more as an industry to uh, I, I don't know to get that out there th- about how cool we are do you think we have an image issue uh, about all the great yeah. things that are happening I, I mean maybe i think the more I, I would love to i'd love to do more I, I i do get infused when i i and when i see some of the um the podcasts that are out there when i yeah. see what's happening with some of the universities um, and some of the you know colleges who are really starting to understand this this link between um, sustainability and and ethical processes and supply chain and so I, I am hopeful that, that there is a new generation coming through and again one of the positives coming out of COVID is there's a whole generation that understand the importance of supply chain. Well, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I I I. I call this my neighbor test right yeah. so if you'd if i'd ask my neighbors or if they'd asked me 
two years ago, what do you do? And I said, supply chain, be like blank yeah. stairs. Whereas now yeah. people understand, oh, toilet yeah. paper. Yep, I understand. Yeah, exactly. uh, I get that. You know, I completely, they're very worried about the supply chain. So yeah. no, this is, this is an opportunity for all of us. Jonathan, I want to thank you for being on uh, our podcast. And I would love to have you again, because there's so many topics that we can cover. I mean, we barely scratched the surface on sustainability, diversity, and, yeah. and so forth. But it was really exciting times. And uh, we look forward to having you here again. Maria, it's been an absolute privilege. Uh, likewise, I would love to join you again. I think we just uh, scratched the topic, scratched the top. Um, exactly. And, uh, plenty more topics that we can go into. So, but thanks for your thanks for having me on your uh, fabulous series here, and um, I look forward to catching up again with you very soon. Great, thank you. Thanks for joining us today at Transform Talks. I hope you found this valuable. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, comment, and share. I'll see you at the next one.